fascism and communism are two identical houses built side by side. The foundation's the same, the structure's the same, the rooms are the same, the roof is the same. And then these two identical houses are painted different colors, decorated differently, different drapes hung in the windows, different landscaping planted outside. And the two groups stand and criticize each other's drapes and plants and decorating. When in reality there is no difference. The idea, the central idea that is the foundation of both fascism and communism is that the individual has no value and the group or the state has supreme value. How do you justify the wholesale violation of people's human rights? It's simple. They don't have any. They're not individuals. They're not human beings with rights. They're members of a group. And the group is important. And the individual is not. So if we have to kill 100 million people in the 20th century to try to create this utopia, communist utopia, all across Europe and Asia, eh, so be it. Those individuals never mattered. It's the group that mattered. It's no different in Nazi Germany. If you want to round up six million of your own citizens because you're playing a game of identity politics and scapegoatism, kill them, so be it. When invade other countries, it's fine. Militarize an entire society, it's not a problem. Communism and fascism are the enemies of Christianity. People like to pretend that fascism is a right-wing ideology because the drapes and the landscaping and the decorations of the house are militaristic and structured. Aesthetically, it's sort of right-wing. But the core idea, the kernel, the seed in the center of the fruit, the rotten fruit that is communism, socialism, fascism, is the idea that the individual is not relevant, does not matter, has no rights. And the reason that those philosophies stand in stark contrast and opposition to Christianity is because the core of Christianity, the core value, the thing that is necessary for it to work is freedom, free will, individual freedom, liberty. It's not a surprise that the Enlightenment 
James Madison, Thomas Jefferson. gang came from Christian societies. Because the message of Christianity is simple, that you as an individual have to have a relationship with God of your own choosing. You as an individual choose to sacrifice yourself and to give yourself to Christ. In order that to be realized, you have to be free to do so. And why then didn't the entire Christian world spring open into republics in the first century AD. Well, the population was illiterate. From the time of the printing press and Martin Luther, Gutenberg, printing the Bible for regular people to read, translated into their own native languages, and the time that the idea became a mainstream idea that liberty and individuals mattered. That life, liberty, and property. The idea of God-given rights, natural rights, was eye-blink short. 100 years, 150 years. The realization that the Christian faith was your faith as an individual and that you were responsible for yourself and you were accountable for your own actions and your own beliefs and your own thoughts and you're accountable to God as an individual change the world forever. And in the same way it's no surprise that the ideas of the American Republic the Declaration of Independence came from Christianity it is not a surprise either that the ideas of fascism and communism socialism, whatever you want to call it, progressivism came from the atheist secular left right left it's all left that's what Nietzsche warned about that's what Jung warned about you tear away the thing that ties us together as a society the shared values that we have as a society and you're left with nothing and what's constructed in its place is destruction and misery and murder The lessons are clear. The push through the 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th centuries towards freedom and liberty in the American Republic, in hindsight, are obvious. Of course that's what was going to happen. They wrote in the Declaration of Independence, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. And among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Which originally was property. What that means is that you have the right to your life and you have the right to your liberty as an individual regardless of who you are, and God gave you those rights, and government may not take them from you. So the purpose of the United States Constitution, the Bill of Rights, was to limit the scope of government, to limit what government had the authority to do, to protect you from government. And then the 20th century comes rolling along. We have a massive 
murderous failed experiment with fascism in Europe, followed up with a massive murderous, on a worse scale, experiment in socialist communism in the Soviet Union, Eastern Europe, China, Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia, South America. It should come as no surprise that people who subscribe to the ideas of communism are indifferent to wholesale slaughter. Like I said, the foundation of that house is the complete devaluation of the individual. So in your supreme wisdom and judgment, the group needs something and it comes at the cost of lives of individuals, then it doesn't matter. It's worth it. And while the murder and slaughter of fascism is active and kinetic and required individuals to act and was cruel, the murder and slaughter of socialism is mostly indifference. When Stalin starved millions of people to death in Ukraine, he didn't personally go and take anything from them. He just sat idly by and watched it happen. As did party bosses that were there on the ground actually watching it. And where the Christian is compelled and convicted to help the less fortunate in whatever meek and meager way they're able, the atheist, secular, fascist, or communist is not. Because the essential idea that's missing is that the individual matters. God created each of us the same, loved us the same, cared about us the same. And so when Jesus talks about, if you want to love me, help other people help each other. What he's saying is that it's honoring the creator of the universe to help his creation. The sacrifice of yourself to help others. It's a core of the Christian faith. But it has to do, it has to go back to, ultimately the foundation of the entire faith is the individual. Where Christianity flourishes, so does liberty and free will. And where Christianity dies, it's replaced with totalitarianism and despotism. The 20th century is all the example you need of what happens. How many millions of people should die more? You haven't had enough? There's not enough dead Soviets, there's not enough dead Chinese, there's not enough dead Vietnamese, there's not enough dead Cambodians, there's not enough dead Europeans in the Second World War, it's not enough, we're going to play with it some more, keep trying it out, trotting it out like it's a new idea, saying absolutely absurd things like, oh, it hasn't been tried right yet, 
uh, socialism has not been uh, properly applied in its purest form. No, it has. Socialism is the philosophy of murderous envy. Period. And I argue that America is the last free country on earth. And it has been for quite some time. And people don't like that. And they get mad at me and they tell me Europe is free. Bullshit. You're free to choose what mustard you put on your sandwich. You're free to choose what kind of car you want to drive. You're not actually free. The United Kingdom yesterday, a comedian was convicted. So he'd been charged, tried, and now convicted and sentenced. His crime, he told a joke people didn't like. That's a free country? Where a joke can have you tried as a criminal, convicted and sentenced? A joke. They're free over there? Please. In Germany, a few years ago, under President Obama, and I don't remember whether it was Kerry, Kerry was Secretary of State or Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State, but during the Obama administration, a German family decided that their faith no longer allowed them to send their children to public school in Germany and be taught secular a secular curriculum that they wanted to teach their children at home to homeschool them teach them a religious curriculum this is a violation of the law in Germany you don't have the right as a parent to choose your child's education to choose the curriculum they might learn then choose who would do the educating or where. The parents were arrested and when they got out on bail they took their children and they fled to the United States and sought refuge. Religious refugees from Germany came to the United States year it was, 2014, 2013. So what happened? Of course we took them in, right? Of course we protected them. Nope. They were sent back. They were deported. Yeah. In the same country that we don't want to deport violent felons, MS-13 gang members with faces covered in tattoos who rape and murder... We don't want to deport those people. We're going to deport a nice Christian family from Germany whose crime was they wanted to homeschool their children. Yep, out. They were deported and sent back. The parents were arrested. The children were removed from the home. So how do you get a society where the state has supreme rights over parents? How do you get a society where jokes are punishable by criminal courts? Because it's not a free society. Because the individual has no rights. It's the groups that have rights. The state has rights. The individual does not. It's comical to me that anyone would suggest 
that a socialist country, and I don't care how limit, limited the socialism is, is a free country. It's obviously not. You've surrendered your sovereign, God-given nature to the state. And it leads to that. It leads to parents being arrested for trying to school their own children. It leads to comedians being arrested, tried, and convicted for telling jokes. It leads to what? Not to freedom, not to liberty. Brutal repression. It's the only option. It's the only alternative. And when I hear people praise the European socialist medicine... And laugh off warnings about death panels and rationing. I become so angry, I can't even begin to understand. I can't begin to express myself properly. I don't know what to say. It is now and has long been the policy of every country with socialized medicine which the left in the United States likes to call free health care, which of course it's not. It's a long-standing policy in all of these countries that there's a board, whether it's legislatures, doctors, citizens, not relevant, who determines not only if a treatment will be effective or not effective, not only whether it's the most efficient use of resources or not, but whether you as an individual patient qualify to receive it. And what that means is, and this is what people tried to talk about with Obamacare and the death panels. <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> what it means is, <clears throat> excuse me. When you're 85 years old and you fall and break your hip, in the United States of America, you have surgery to repair your hip, you get rehabbed, and you go back to your life as it was, perhaps a bit stiffer, perhaps a little bit less mobile, but essentially unchanged. In Canada, England, Germany, France, that's not what happens. A group of people get together and decide, without knowing you or your family or your situation, whether or not at your age and your general level of health, whether you deserve the operation, whether you deserve the rehab, whether there are finite resources, healthcare resources, should be given to you or not to you. Quite frankly, if you're 85 years old, the answer is probably no. Which means you languish and die. Because they can't be bothered. And how is that possible? Well, it's because the group is more important than the individual. You as an individual aren't that important. Everyone else is important. The group. And after all, you're 85, you lived a nice life. And we're done with you now. That's the cold reality of socialism. Anyone who tells you that's not real socialism is absolutely and totally full of shit. That's the kindest, gentlest face of socialism. But it's the same indifference with which the Ukrainians were starved to death by the millions. that a panel could decide to allow someone to die because they don't see the value in their life. 
It's a little bit more personal. It's a little bit more individual. But it's the same cruel indifference. A year ago in the United Kingdom, there was a boy named Charlie Gard. Charlie Gard had a rare neurological disorder, as I recall. His prognosis was grim. There was some confusion as to what was really wrong with him. And essentially, the doctors in the United Kingdom decided that the panel that allocates resources that it was not worth continuing treatment of Charlie and that he would be allowed to die. Now, on the one hand, like I said, there's cruel indifference involved there, but it's also murder, right? You decided that he would die. Now, Charlie Gard's parents didn't exactly take this lying down. I believe they pursued a case in court, and the court case had garnered them some public media attention. And what resulted isn't that surprising, and the people in the United States and Christians across Europe donated money and sought out somebody who could help. And what came forward was a doctor in the United States who was not exactly familiar with Charlie's case, but had read, I guess, some of the files, the medical files, some of the results of some of the testing. And he wasn't promising Charlie's parents anything ridiculous. He didn't promise a miracle cure, that he was some sort of faith healer. He simply said he had an idea, an experimental treatment that might help. Or it might not. And the people who supported Charlie and his parents and who saw the case and saw Charlie as an individual human being with rights endowed by his creator, rallied around that family and raised money and donated money and donated their hard-earned time and effort to get enough money to both pay for the treatment and pay to fly Charlie and his family to the doctor to have it done. The court in the United Kingdom ruled that that wasn't allowed. They used some sort of equity argument to suggest that not everyone had the opportunities that Charlie now had because the world had rallied around him in his case and that he was not special. And the family did not have the right to remove their son from the United, from the United Kingdom. Charlie Gard died in the United Kingdom. For no reason other than the state has the ultimate authority over every individual, including the children of parents. I don't know that the world knew what to make of that. I don't know that the world knew what to, to take away from that. <clears throat> People seem surprised that the United Kingdom wouldn't allow this boy to leave the United Kingdom to receive treatment that might or might not improve his condition and might or might not help him, might or might not heal him, that would have cost the socialist medicine system and the taxpayers of the United Kingdom nothing. Privately raised money donated by people who cared. Who could hear the pain in the voices of his parents when they talked about their son and how much they loved him. 
And I'm sure thousands of people all over the world thought of their own children. And how there was no limit to what they would do. They were in the same situation. And they sent money to save that boy. To take a chance, no matter how slim. And the state ruled no. He would die, as they initially had said he would. And now here we are a year later. Another boy in the United Kingdom... believe the diagnosis is that he has some sort of strange uh, debilitating neurological disorder that's deteriorating his nervous system. Uh, he suffered from seizures at one time or another. And at six months of age, he entered the hospital nearly a year and a half ago. And he's been on some form of life support ever since. He's fed through a tube, as I understand it, on a breathing machine and I don't know but I believe that the um, brain scans show little to no brain activity I have four healthy children man I can't for a second imagine what that's like my youngest daughter had RSV as a baby And I was terrified that we would lose her. She was very sick. But nothing like this. On the one hand, I understand the hospital saying there's nothing left to be done. In the United States... Something similar could happen, I suppose. But if you had the money to pay for it, you'd have options and alternatives. Once again, the world rallied around a kingdom, United Kingdom family and their son. The Pope, who ironically is a communist, has called to the United Kingdom to have mercy on this family. A hospital in Italy has volunteered to take him on to avoid what happened a year ago with Charlie Gard and save his life whatever that means at this point the Italian government was so moved by the entire thing that they came out and granted him citizenship the boy is now a citizen of Italy reason being that the sovereignty of the United Kingdom to determine life and death for citizens of the United Kingdom becomes murky when the boy is a citizen of Italy. And the question becomes, does the United Kingdom have the right to sentence an Italian to death? The Italians have flown to the United Kingdom and are waiting outside the hospital for the boy to be released so they can take him, continue his medical care, and bring him to Italy along with his family. The courts in the United Kingdom have ruled that the family doesn't have the right to take their son to Italy. Because in socialist states, 
the state has the supreme authority. Individuals have none, including parents over their children. And it's about time the world get it. And get it through their thick heads. That every cry for socialism is a cry for this. And it's not a million Ukrainians. And it's not 1.6 million Cambodians. But it's innocent life just the same. And part of me understands if they were just to say we couldn't pay for it anymore. It's too expensive. The doctors say there's no cure. But the family's not asking for anyone to pay for it. The family's asking to leave. And the state is saying, no, you may not leave. You must stay and your son must die. Last night, they unhooked this boy from the ventilator. Uh, reason being, they were going to let him die. He wasn't supposed to be able to breathe more than three minutes on his own. And the minutes turned into hours. And the hours turned into a day. They're withholding food and water from him. So apparently their plan is since they weren't able to kill him by taking his ventilator away because he's able to breathe on his own, that they'll just starve him to death. And they're blocking every attempt for the Italian hospital, the Italian government, and the Italian authorities to save his life. That's actually happening right now. Or as of a couple of hours ago. I fear the worst in this case. If it surprises you that a Western quote-unquote democracy would allow one of its citizens to die, not allow, but insist that they die, it shouldn't. These countries have allowed socialism to creep in. Secular, murderous, envious indifference. It's as immoral and as wrong as any Nazi flag you want to fly. As any Holocaust. As any murder. As any war. It's pure evil. And what they're missing, the part that they forgot or want to forget, is that all of Western civilization was founded on the idea that the individual is supreme. And the reason the individual is supreme is because God made you that way. God, God granted you life, and with your life granted you rights. That's why they're called human rights. There are no cries from non-Christian countries for human rights. Human rights don't exist in non-Christian countries. And as Europe falls to secularism and a post-Christian future, this is what you get. You want to throw out the baby with the bathwater? This is what you get.
In Europe, they've surrendered their sovereignty as individuals that God had given them to their governments. And the decisions of governments are cruelly indifferent. The only free country left in the, in the entire world is the United States of America. You cannot be jailed for a joke here, yet. You can choose to educate your children however you like, for now. And if you can pay for it or find someone else to help you pay for it, you can get any medical care you'd like for you or for your children, for now. As the crowds clamor for socialism, for free health care and free education, to end the Second Amendment, limit the First Amendment, to ban hate speech, to destroy the Fourth and Fifth Amendments, to limit property rights, they clamor for what you see. They clamor for courts and governments to kill babies. Because they can't be damn bothered to see an individual as a free individual, free to do as they please, or parents as free people, free to raise their children how they please, to take them to what countries they please, to receive what medical care they please. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men are created equal endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Self-evident means doesn't need an argument. I don't need to explain it to you. I don't need to prove it to you. It's self-evident. It's obvious. Well, who is it obvious to? It's obvious to people who believe in God. It's obvious to people who believe they're created beings and that they and they alone are responsible for their own actions and they and they alone deal with the consequences of their actions and their choices. It's obvious. If you forget that declaration if you forget the self-evident truth that you are endowed by your Creator with unalienable rights, if you beg the state to come in and take them away, if you beg the state to come and make itself supreme in every aspect of your life, and yourself as an individual and every other individual around you to be an afterthought, irrelevant, You're begging for this. You're begging for Soviet communism. You're begging for Hitler's fascism. You're begging for parents to go to prison for choosing to raise their children with a faith. You're begging for your babies to be killed by courts. And if you cheer socialism and look out next door at the house next door, and criticize the landscaping and the drapes and the decorations and the color of the paint.
You're in the same house. And the foundation of your house is that the group, that the state, is supreme and that the individual is irrelevant. And the only possible result of that idea is misery and murder. And for those of you who are in neither camp, who believe in liberty and freedom and human rights, don't stop fighting. Don't let these people come. Don't give in. When they come for the Second Amendment, when they want to scream and yell about hate speech and want to ban hate speech, when they want to shred the Bill of Rights, when they cry for free education and free health care, don't give an inch. The 20th century and all this ridiculous nonsense that goes on in Europe today is all the proof you need. Look at the two houses. See them for what they are. I love you guys and I hope you have a great day. Thanks for tuning in.